Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Genesis chapter 20, verse 21. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God made coats of skins and clothed them. So we have looked at verse 20. Today we are going to look at the next verse, which is Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. We are not going to look through the whole verse today, but we are going to start looking at that verse, Genesis chapter 3. Verse 21, the Bible says, Unto Adam also unto his wife, that's Eve, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. What we see here is the divine clemency. So we have seen the divine sentence or the divine sentences. So the divine sentences is followed once again by divine act of mercy by divine acts of grace. And we have seen this throughout. This is another example of divine clemency in the midst of judgment. It's another token of God's grace. It's another token of God's mercy towards human beings. And we've seen this. We've seen this mercy of God crop up over and over again throughout this process of God passing judgment upon Eve and upon Adam. Unto Adam also, and to his wife. So it was God's divine mercy. It was God's divine clemency because it was this same Adam, this same Eve that rebelled against God. It is unto this same Adam and also to his wife that God did what he did. So it is very, very important for us to underscore that, that the divine sentence is followed at once by a divine act of mercy and grace. But in addition to that, this is also prophetic. This action, this event that we are reading here, there's a prophetic dimension to it. And we are going to discuss that prophetic dimension in due course. But it suffices to say, for now, it is necessary and enough for now just to remind ourselves, as we've noted previously in our teaching, that there are many events that are recorded in scriptures that are pregnant with meaning, that are pregnant with spiritual application outside their immediate context. Now, they have application, they have implication, they have relevance to their immediate context. But there are so many, many events that are recorded for us in the scripture that have primary application to their immediate context, but they are pregnant with meaning and spiritual application outside their immediate context. And especially as it relates to the last days, and especially as it relates to the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Christ. We see this deeper meaning and dimension as we contemplate with the help of the Holy Spirit, the whole body of revealed truth. As we move forward in our teaching, it throws light back onto events that happened before. Obviously, we have the advantage of 
hindsight. We are reading this scripture and we can go forward and we have done that a lot of time. We read the scripture here, we move forward and see the light that the whole body of truth throw on what we have to do or the event that we are dealing with. So Genesis chapter 3 verse 21 tells us something that the Lord God, Yahweh Elohim himself, now this is very important, God, the Lord God himself is telling us something that Elohim, that Yahweh Elohim himself did for Adam and Eve. We must stress this. We must stress that this is something that the Lord God himself did. And he was not forced to do it. He was not tricked into doing it. He did it out of his own volition. He did it out of his own love. He did it within his own plan and purpose. And this is not something Adam and Eve could have done for themselves. So that is the first thing now to appreciate what is going on here. Let us put three verses of the scripture side by side. These are verses that we have read before and they will help us to appreciate what is going on over here. So that's Genesis chapter 3 verse 21. But we need to go back quickly to Genesis chapter 2 verse 25. The Bible says, and they, that is Adam and Eve, they were both naked the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Obviously, we are the one looking back and said they were naked. But Adam and Eve did not see themselves naked. They, they didn't know they were naked. They didn't see themselves naked because indeed, even though we said they were naked because we are looking back at them from our own falling state, they didn't have clothes. But actually, they were not naked because they were clothed by God's glory. Okay? They were clothed by God's presence. They were clothed by God's power. The man and the woman were not ashamed. So that was the that was the original state. That was the divine state. That was the original state in which God created Adam and Eve. And that was very good. Remember, this was part of what the Bible said was very good. They were not ashamed. Now, obviously, we know something happened in Genesis chapter 3. And verse 7 then tells us, and the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So Adam and Eve sinned, they rebelled, and they fell. And now the covering they had was gone. Okay? The, the environment, the atmosphere that has covered them up till now was gone. And suddenly, their eyes were open, not open in a good way, not open in a great way, not open in an exalted way. This type of eye opening is in a falling state. And the Bible says they knew they were naked. It is what they then did. And we've gone through this before. The Bible says they sewed fig leaves together to make themselves apron. And we've seen in our previous teaching how useless that effort will have been okay now this is where we are now i've read those first two verses so that we can put them side by side with where we are today unto adam also and his wife unto adam also that disobeyed god and listened to the voice of his wife unto Eve, his wife who rebelled against god unto both of them after god have read out their sentences unto both of them the lord God did what? Make coats of skin and clothed them. So you can see that there was the normal, there was the normal state, original state that God created them to be. They messed up. 
They tried to fix it themselves. They couldn't. And God came around and God did something for them that they couldn't do for them. And we, we can see how important what God is doing here is very, very important. Adam and Eve in verse 7 of chapter 3 tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. <laughs> but God came and God made for them coats of skin and God clothed them. We are going to look at two important words first in that verse as we break this verse open. So the first word I want us to see, he said, and unto Adam and to his wife did the Lord make, he said, coats, coats of skins. Remember, they are plural, coats of skin. They are plural, obviously, because God made one coat for, <laughs> for Adam and one coat for Eve. Who knows? Maybe God made more than one coat. We don't know. But at least there must have been at least two coats, okay, because it is plural. And therefore, they came from skins, okay? So, so it, they came from skins. There are two coats, plural, and there are coats of skins, okay? Let's look at that word coats first. The word that is used for coats in the original Hebrew is a kind of shirt without sleeve, but this is very important, that reaches down to the knees, this is not a short coat. This is a gown. We could actually call it a garment. It's something that can cover them. That is the, that's the essence here. You remember the coat of many colors of Joseph. This is a garment that covers, okay? It's, it reaches down to their knee. Some translation actually use the word garment. So it's a garment. It's a flowing. It's a garment that flow all the way to their knees. Okay. What about the word skins? That word there is leather. Leather. Okay. Is the skin of an animal, obviously, that has been removed from the animal that has become a leather. So it came from the Hebrew root word that actually means naked. Now this is important. So skin is leather. God used that to cover them. But actually the root word that is translated skin comes from the word Naked. So skin is related to covering and nakedness. So you could say that skin is skin because it covers nakedness. Okay, this is very, very important. Remember, nakedness is the reason why God is covering them with skin. So you could say that before the fall, Adam and Eve were both comfortable in their own skin and therefore they were not ashamed. Before the fall, they had their own skin. Their own skin was the covering of their nakedness physically. And the glory of God, obviously, was the covering over their life. So you could say before the fall that Adam and Eve were comfortable in their own skin. And therefore, they were not ashamed. But after the fall, all that changed. They were no longer comfortable in their own skin. Therefore, they were ashamed. Okay, And therefore, they sought another skin, so to say, to cover themselves, all right? So their, their, their skin was not enough. They were uncomfortable in their own skin, so they sought another skin, so to say. They sought another covering, so to say. Obviously, there was a problem here because all they could manage is to sew together fig leaves. And we have seen in previous teaching how this material they choose as a secondary skin was totally useless totally unsuitable, unsuitable 
for purpose. Offer no value really for purpose. Yes, maybe that cloth can cover them for a few minutes, few hours top. But what then happened after that? The leaves will dry off and their nakedness will much, once more be exposed. And that tells us a lot about religion that people were involved with. Okay, how long will that cover us? How long will that get us? How long or how far will that take us? Now, God did something for Adam and Eve that matched their present predicament, that provide a suitable <laughs> solution for their present need. But, and we mentioned it a moment ago, at the same time, this action of God, this event that we are reading is speaking into the future restoration of human back to God. There is a whole lot more happening in this one single event, much more than what we that than than what meet the need of Adam and Eve. So we need to understand that there are two dimensions to this God's action. The immediate application to meet the need of Adam and Eve and the later and ultimate application in meeting the need of the whole human race, which is going to be done in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to say that again. So we need to understand that this action of God is actually taking place at two dimensions. There's the immediate application. There's the immediate dimension in which the present immediate need of Adam and Eve are met. But also there is a later and ultimate application of fulfillment of this action which will meet the need of the whole human race. And that will be fulfilled in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the question then is, so we've looked at coats, we've looked at skin. So we said the Lord God makes coat of skin and clothed them. So what did God do? The Lord God make. That word make in the original Hebrew involves the sense of work to do something, to work. Remember, after the six days, the Bible tells us that the Lord God rested on the seventh day and human enter into God's rest. Unfortunately, human has now stepped out of God's rest. They've stepped out into the realm of toil, into the realm of pain, into the realm of struggle. And God now came in again and did work and acted. So the Bible says, the Lord God make, the Lord God make, the Lord God work to do, to work. Okay, and that is, again, here we see God's mercy. Here, again, we see God's clemency. So we see God working, almost like when God came down and fashioned their body and breathed into them the breath of life. Once again, we see the Lord coming down to do something again for Adam and if so the bible says the lord god make coats of skin we are going to come back to what god make but the bible said it makes the coat of skin and clothed them clothed them remember what we said about clothes that is like a garment that word clothed there means to put a garment on them to be full fully clothed and that tying obviously with the coats because like we said the coat is a garment is something that flowed down Onto the knees. So God make, he came to do work and he does that to put a garment on them in a way so that they can be fully clothed. So there's a principle we see here. There's a principle we see here. 
Before now, there was no barrier between the man and God. There was no barrier between the couple and God. There was no barrier between Adam and Eve and God. And there was no barrier between Adam and Eve themselves before now. Adam and Eve, they had unrestricted access to the presence of God. God would come down the cool of the day. They would bask in God's presence. I, I guess they would run around him, ask him questions. <laughs> Amen. But now things have changed. The man and the woman, they've become naked. They can no longer approach God as they are. Now, this is very, very important. Something has essentially changed here. Whereas before they had unlimited, unrestricted access to God's presence, now they lost that. They can no longer approach God as they are. Adam and Eve can no longer approach God without a garment covering their nakedness because their nakedness is a sign of their sin is a sign of their fallen state it's a sign it's a token of their rebellion it's a token of the sin and evil and unrighteousness that they've been involved with so from this moment on there is a principle we see here human can no longer approach god as they are they can no longer approach god without a garment without a garment and that garment is all about a covering because in their state they have come now come under God's judgment they have now become an object of judgment they have now become an object of wrath they are now become an object of God's anger okay they are criminals and they can no longer approach God without a garment. I know I'm repeating that, but that is an important principle we have to put in our mind. But this is not just any garment. We've seen that. They cannot just make up any garment. Okay. Sewing fig leaves together will not do the trick. That will not, that will not give you the access you seek. Now you have to come, we have to come into God's presence without nakedness. We have to be covered with the garment, but it can't just be any rubbish, any, anyhow, anything garment. It cannot be human act of righteousness. Like Adam and Eve sewing leaves together to cover themselves will not do it. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 tells us that all our righteousness are filled with rags. <laughs> you can't you can come into God's presence with that form of garments. Okay, such garment is not acceptable because they are filthy. Okay, the garment that must cover our nakedness must be white garment, must be clean garment, must be holy garment, must be acceptable garment. But where is human going to get such garment? No, human cannot get such garment. So that garment will have to be provided by God himself. The only garment, remember, we cannot now enter into God's presence without being covered in a garment. Unfortunately, we can't even get that garment anywhere. Remember the, the five foolish virgin that went out to buy oil in the middle of the night so that they can get in with the groom. And it's the same thing here. We need the garment. Now we destroy our assets. Now we need assets. Now we need password. Now we need entrance. But the password we need, we can't get it ourselves. Okay. We can't fake it. <laughs> we can't fake this assets. God himself in his mercy will have to provide the garment 
that will give us access to himself because that is the only garment that will be acceptable in God's presence. Let's read Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God for he hath what clothed me with the garments of salvation. God did it. God clothed me with the garment of salvation. He had covered me, how? With the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decked himself with ornament, and as a bride adorned herself with jewel. Let's read from New Testament before I make further comment. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 22. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, how? By the blood of Jesus. You cannot just enter anyhow. It has to be by the right covering, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has concentrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body washed with pure waters. Now, the access can only be granted. You remember that? That um, uh, parable that Jesus spoke about that rich man that wanted people to come in and the people f- f- for the wedding of his son, the people he invited didn't come in. He sent a servant to go and bring people in. People came in. And then he came in and saw somebody that did not have the garment, the wedding garment. Okay. The, the, there must be, we must be covered in that garment before we can have an asset. But this is a garment that the Lord himself will have to provide. And that is what we saw in that Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. It talks about the garments of salvation. And then it talks about the robe of righteousness. And in that Hebrew, it talks about the blood of Jesus, the new and living way by which he consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his own flesh. So we're not going to say any much more about that today, because again, as we move on in our story, that will become evident, but we need to connect this story as we move on. And when you go into the Old Testament worship under the law, under the law of Moses, you will see that in Old Testament worship, there are elaborate garments that were worn by priests. And that figures figured prominently in the worship in the Old Testament. And they are described, these garments are described in detail for us in the scripture. For example, in Exodus 28, Exodus 29, this garment of the priest and the garment of the high priest, are, they are described in detail. And this garment figured prominently in the worship, in the temple worship. And um, when you read the actual manufacture of the tabernacle in the wilderness, you will see that they were concluded by the account of how to make the garments of the priest and the high priest. And four of the garments were worn exclusively by the high priest. And the, the high priest, that the high priest have to have that garment on before he can have access to God's presence. I mean, there are other things that the high priest will have to do. We'll come to that. But I'm trying to show us here a principle that we see right here that will run through the scripture as we read Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, that God himself clothed the couple. And this is really very important for us to understand that God himself, the Lord God himself, make coats of skin and clothed them. Praise the Lord. So, so Genesis chapter 3 describe it as coats of skin. So next time, by the grace of God, we'll look at these coats of skin. We'll look at the implication. We have breakthrough 
the word by itself. But what, what about the skin? What's that all about? Where did the skin come from? And what is the implication of this? So we are going to look at that next time by the grace of God. And if you are listening to me, I believe the Lord is speaking to you and you are seeing the grace, you are seeing the mercy of God in all this thing for God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is the only way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So you can come to him tonight and just accept that you are a sinner, you cannot save yourself, just like Adam and Eve cannot make those clothes themselves. But those clothes are here. But you and I have to go to him and ask him to, to be our Lord and Savior. And he will. He will come in, he will be our God, he will save us. And from that point onward, you will become a child, a daughter, a son of God. He will walk with you throughout this, the rest of this life. And when this is all over, you will reign with him in the new heaven and the new earth. Do it right now. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.